When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for so having me. This one's, uh, <laughs> this one's <laughs> almost a week old or more at this point, but Nelk had Trump on, mm-hmm. and the YouTube, as Trump <laughs> predicted on the cast, took it down, citing mis- and disinformation regarding mm-hmm. the election, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. I wish they would just say... Donald Trump is not allowed to be on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, I only listened to two minutes of it and I had to turn it off because he does just bullshit the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't have Trump derangement syndrome. I don't immediately dislike anything just because he's there. I couldn't listen to it because of how many times he just made up bullshit. So yeah, You mean like we've never seen anything like this before? Yeah, we, yeah. there's... I don't even remember it because I was just so frustrated by it because I wanted to hear his honest opinion. But yeah, he just lies the whole time to make himself sound amazing and make Biden sound incompetent. He's like, this never would have happened if Biden weren't president. And we've never seen anything like this war before. And so everything's like just not true. So if you're trying to listen to it to learn about the world, you're just getting a horribly dishonest take on it. So yeah, I understand based on the two minutes I heard, that getting taken down for misinformation, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Because really? Oh man, I, I totally that that's right. Like, well, YouTube if you're is gonna, full of bullshit. Well, here's the thing: YouTube, YouTube keep is it up. chock full of. Bullshit. This is the question. You can keep it up if you don't mind having misinformation. That's fine. But YouTube it, doesn't. This is this is my contention. I YouTube does not give saying, a damn. This about isn't. Misinformation. They didn't like bend. They didn't look at it with a really keen eye and find one time he said something that wasn't true mm-hmm. because they wanted to take it down. They just had to take a cursory listen to find him lying about stuff. You're presuming that the order of events is YouTube doesn't like misinformation, then they watch videos checking for misinformation, and Trump was easy. That's not how it went. Trump posted, YouTube said, how can we get rid of this? And then they pointed to misinformation. Just as an example, and because I knew we were going to talk about this, I was like, let's see if I can instantly find some misinformation. And I knew that there is the Snake Island thing with Ukraine, which is that there was this island. They told the Russian ship, go fuck themselves. Everybody initially reported that they were all killed. Mm -hmm. Fox News has a thing that straight up says repeatedly, they're dead, they're heroes, they're all this kind of stuff. It's got nearly a million views, is on YouTube. It's a million views. Mm -hmm. It's straight up, I think, widely agreed to not be the case (laughs) at this point and is still on there. There is not... Uh, and all the comments are, you know, well, yeah. we have to stand, like, clearly it's motivating behavior well, we've and action about, and yeah, feelings. We've already talked about this. It's setting, the, it's setting the speed limit at 45 on a highway, and then yes. you can pull over whoever you want. Yes. I agree. That's obviously what it is. And so that's my issue with it, is I just wish they would say, he violated our no Donald Trump can win the election policy. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's not that he wasn't speeding. That's all I'm saying. He sped the whole time. Yeah, he, yeah, sure. he went 100 and a 45. Sure, sure. Sure. I'm not, I'm said, not I wouldn't dispute that he, that he was, uh, saying honest things throughout the duration of that podcast. And I only watched two minutes because like I said, I, listen, if he went on there and actually said what I think he believes, I would be interested, even if he accidentally lied. But I don't even think he believed the brief period that I listened to at least, which would be impossible to leave, that this is the worst that the things have ever been in the U.S. and the worst the U.S. government's ever been and there's never been anything as bad as this. 
was is not even he believes it. If I thought that I could get Trump's actual opinion, I would think that was fascinating. I'd listen to the whole thing. Well, but this is a separate conversation. I think that Trump's brain, uh, he's been this way for a very long time in terms of the hyperbole and the incomplete sentences and the saying one half of a sentence to be asked a follow-up question to move in a completely different direction. I think he's been that way for a long time. So the idea that he doesn't believe the things that he says kind of presumes that he has this internal fact checker. <laughs> and I I feel like what he says feels as congruent. This is just a sense that I have. That interview felt as congruent to him as many other conversations in his life. Well, that makes me, I mean, and like that's, I said- That's I, my just sense I, of him. I was one of the people who said that people saying think he's the worst president ever just aren't looking back at history. You know, I was I'm not a blind Trump hater, but if that's true, that's very scary and makes me want him to not be president again. If he actually believes what he's saying, mm-hmm. that's way worse than him lying to make Biden look bad. Because if people did watch that interview, he and I have a very different view of where we are in history right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you also only saw small. I only saw two minutes. Yeah, yeah. and I couldn't. I wanted to watch it. I couldn't watch it because I was just going, wow, this is wild to, to hear this person say this because other people will think it's true. I guess it didn't even occur to me that he would possibly think it's true because of how outlandish it is. Yeah. So when I like Trump tells lies is to me true and unremarkable, I guess, even though there's a lot of them and some people believe them, that feels my issue is with the institutions and people that I believe are likely to do better or could feasibly do better. Like, I don't expect Donald Trump to ever stop talking the way that he talks. I wish that YouTube, though, and I can conceive of a world where they are not so clearly partisan in their application of their mis- and disinformation policies. Interesting. Yeah, you Regarding COVID and the mis- and disinformation that came out from the CDC and the WHO at the start of it that was not redacted or taken down or penalized in any way. Yeah, but YouTube's never, I mean, not never. YouTube's not a paradigm of great ethical for the people business. No, like no. they, they also can, got I, rid of the likes and dislikes feature just for their ad people. Mm-hmm. It's clearly a worse product for every user and no one likes it and they did it anyway. Like mm-hmm. I don't think that YouTube is Tom's shoes. I uh, agree, totally. I guess I can see and remember a world where I trusted them a bit more, mm-hmm. maybe before they were like um, when they were still in the growth phase and not yeah. in the turn of profit phase. Uh, well, I guess I hold Trump and YouTube to the same standard, which is like, mm-hmm. I wish that YouTube would leave up things even if they disagree with them. And I wish that Trump would tell what he thinks the truth is, mm-hmm. even if his truth is different from my truth, instead of getting up there and saying what I kind of have to believe he doesn't possibly believe. Mm-hmm. So I think they're both bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that... that uh, I guess I'm less quick to just say, oh, Trump is Trump. You can't hold him accountable, but YouTube should do better. I say, well, no, what, maybe, I mean, they should both do better. And in this situation, I don't know what the right answer is, but I also don't know what he said for the rest of the interview because I, I had to turn it off. I mean, my sense would be Trump should tell the truth, but he's not going to, and YouTube should leave the interview up because I don't think there's... A, the idea with the election thing specifically, with why we had to do this, because there is a clear and present threat to our democracy, and he can't do this. He can't mention that this is not true. I, I feel like we've crossed out of the danger zone. We need to 
uh, limit what people can say about this phase and get back to the marketplace of ideas phase, which is here's an idea that yeah, Donald no, Trump has. I think that's gone forever. I think YouTube yeah. saw because YouTube got no pushback. No one left. No one cared. Mm -hmm. A lot of people lauded big tech. Well, there Par was, you Parler know, there, tried there was to come pushback out. And then Amazon shut down. Exactly. The exactly. So Parler <laughs> tried to launch and it didn't work. So YouTube, it's kind of, I mean, not dissimilar from any authoritarian. They did something that was iffy. No one stopped them. They didn't lose any money. They didn't lose any power. In fact, they gained power. Yeah. They're not going to cede that ground back. Sure. They're just going to keep doing it until they decide to try to land grab even more power mm -hmm. where they, who knows, create their own channels that produce what's real information. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the next step. They don't even rely on third parties. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going backwards. YouTube's going to continue to whatever they think is true will be YouTube's version of information versus misinformation. And not and true and important. So clearly there's things that they don't think are true that are on there. There's some flatter stuff that gets like a little caption, but mm -hmm. and they have their you, things that bother them to certain degrees. They uh, add context to or yeah, but delete if they decided, outright, if depending they decided on how important they think it in is. In their view of the world, that... It was dangerous to them to have, to have people earthers. think yeah. the earth is flat. Gone. They just delete every Gone. flat earth video there was. Yeah. They wouldn't even say anything about Correct. it. Correct. Correct. Uh, which is a bummer. And it's, uh, you just would like, I don't know. We've talked about this again and again, and I actually don't know the answers, is do you want uh, an open marketplace of ideas or not? Do you think that people at the top need to create <laughs> like a, a technocracy? What is it? Yeah, technocrats need to decide what is uh, okay to say out loud. Mm -hmm. um, well, this is the whole idea behind Web three. Web three is supposed to change this by decentralizing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we'll see uh, what happens. I don't know which is better, man. Maybe a world where people are allowed to do whatever they want just evolves into <laughs> nuclear war even faster and it rips the nation apart. And it's like, oh man, we really could use those technocrats to come back in and say, no, none of this. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know that anyone's ever run the experiment. It's just varying degrees of power controlling information, right? So mm -hmm. you have North Korea is at the very top. I think the power controls all the information. Mm -hmm. And then Russia is a close second. China is a close second in terms of their people compared to what we consider free information, free press, freedom of speech. Like it's, I think it's hard to get mm -hmm. unpropagandid info in China and Russia, but it's also hard to get unpropagandid info in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anywhere you can look to to say, would this work or wouldn't this work better? So it's just a philosophical discussion at that point about what you believe the nature of humans when sure. left to their own devices are. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess if there was one wish that I had that would like allow everybody to do what they want, that would allow you to take it down, I just wish they wouldn't say they took it down for misinformation. I wish they would say, we don't like Donald Trump, and therefore we hold him to a standard to which we do not hold mm -hmm. other people. Um, and because we don't want him to win and we think that he's dangerous. So he violated our Donald Trump could win the election if he has too many YouTube videos policy, and we're a private company. Fuck everyone. <laughs> yeah, we'll do what we want. When they... Hide it behind this mis and disinformation principle that is then uneven. Well, that's applied, how they stay a platform. That's why they don't. That's how they don't get in trouble for copyright infringement when someone uploads a copyrighted video. Yeah, yeah. So they and I get it. They're going to defend their their business model entity. Yeah. We are a platform. They're going to defend that as hard as they can. Mm -hmm. And by labeling it misinformation, they get to say it's for public safety and that it's not 
censorship. It's not a personal it's not, it's not editorial. Decision. It's not an editorial decision. That's that the making. most important yeah. thing they're trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, random, let's just go to different things. So I was reading my, my book, and we've talked about this before, where visualization is the thing that is often left out is the journey. It's like visualize standing on that podium with the gold medal. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally neck. useless, I think. It's like, yeah, that's fucking not helpful. It's just mental in between that, there's like a bunch of fights and, yeah, yeah. and a bunch of practice. Yeah, I think that that's totally useless. Um, but this guy says, and he, he often reverts uh, or flips psychological things. Like, we are like, oh, that's a mistake people make is they don't imagine the journey. And he says, no, I think it's that's people the fun purposely, part. Yeah, of course. Well, not just the fun part. If they were to imagine the journey, it would concretize and make real the things that they could do to achieve their goals, which is absolutely not what they want. <laughs> oh, okay. So because it's like... I thought you were going to say which would dissuade them, which I was going to disagree with. No, no, no. They don't, they don't want understand. to put in the effort, so therefore their brain does not imagine the thing because that would make it real and achievable, yeah. which would put pressure on them to act in that direction because it's totally doable. Yeah. It's totally doable. Well, that's why I liked it for my fight. If all you have to do is work out a lot and train this way and, you know, do the walkouts and, and eat correctly and, you know, and you can achieve it, well, that's more than I'm willing to do, so I'm not going to think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to think that. I'm just going to imagine success, enjoy that, and then, you know, say that I don't have the genetics to succeed. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes you don't have the genetics to succeed. Yeah, which is definitely true. And there's 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 another element of like, yo, be realistic. <laughs> I was talking to a friend. This is a quick one. I was talking to a friend who was flabbergasted that I thought Steph Curry's genetics played a part in him being the best shooter of all time. <laughs> he, he couldn't, he was like, what, why? He's the same height as you. If you practice as much as him. I was like, so just to be clear, his dad was an NBA player. His brother is also one of the best shooters in NBA history. They're also fantastic at other sports like golf, just, just better than the average person. How do you not think this is genetics? And he didn't know that Seth Curry is one of the best shooters yeah, ever, yeah, that yeah. Del Curry was an NBA player. So that kind of blew his mind. But it was interesting to me to think that he thought- Because he looks 6'3 he thought, and I'm, fairly skinny, yeah. You're 6'2 and Steph Curry's 6'3, so the yeah. only reason you're not Steph Curry <laughs> is because you're lazy. It's like, I mean, maybe I could have been- Better. <laughs> a D3 player, yeah, you know, yeah. but like, yeah, he. it was just fascinating to, to think that the only genetics he considered was- size i think about this with video game players too mm -hmm. people think professional video game players don't have genetic advantages because of like their reaction speed or their, their finger speed which i think is clearly not the case i think there are people who are going to be genetically more inclined to be pro video game I mean, players that seems like what else explains the difference when you get these households in korea where they play starcraft for eight to 12 hours a day it's like look they're they're maxed out on yeah. training the well, only they, differential at this point is in born or I guess quality of practice. Yeah. But like I think it's because funny enough and everything seems to be going this way these days. Not everything. I don't want to speak in hyperbole. A lot of things. There's two camps. There's the, to your point, I'm not going to, this isn't achievable for me. I'm going to imagine it because it feels good, but I'm not going to put the work in because the, just the cards, whatever you want to blame the cards on genetic or your upbringing. I couldn't possibly have done this. And then there's the other camp, which is everything is achievable. It's kind of the, the deep in the NLP camp of if you set your mind to it and you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And it's it's in the middle is the actual answer. But not a lot of people say, hey, through hard work, you can achieve some stuff, but not everything is possible for you, yeah. which is not a sexy message. So yeah. it's it's the least 
propagated message, I guess, between the two. You know, interestingly, what's consistent amongst those two extremists on both sides is that the reason that they adopt those beliefs is for short-term benefit, meaning oftentimes what motivates the NLP, anything is possible, is like, and that's why I'm a coach, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and that's why, you know, because I believe it, therefore I can charge for it, (laughs) and I can now teach you to do it because... Wealth is a mindset that I have already stepped yeah, or, into. Like, or you just do the, or you have the Tony Robbins mindset that he's on record saying he I, he cares more about being effective than being honest. And so if you're, if you are trying to achieve something, you might as well think it's definitely achievable. It doesn't help to think there's a chance that I can't make it the NBA no matter how hard I try. If you're going to try to get in the NBA, you might as well think if I work hard enough, I'll get there because that probably does increase your odds. Yeah, it's just not true mm-hmm. <laughs> some people won't make it no matter how hard they try yep for true um what is his takeaway what is his takeaway on visualization that kind of cut you off oh no that's it's that his he's got a fairly you could uh, broadly categorize it as pessimistic view of people and what motivates and drives them mm-hmm. where some people are like people deep down are good i think of a, a really crude way of summarizing him is like people deep down are selfish narcissists who do not care and love other people and have uh very disgusting motives when you like peel away Mm. things and so people who haven't listened to us before we're talking about the last psychiatrist yes and uh it's he wrote a book that was called sadly porn it's actually i don't necessarily recommend it i recommend his blog which he hasn't written in for like eight or nine years um but that just disappeared one day did he ever explain why no no. Just bounced. Yeah. Just said, I don't want to do this anymore. Done. But he had he has a, uh, had a like very popular blog among other bloggers. So he was informing a lot of the thoughts that were being shared. Yeah, a lot the of the internet. more a lot of the more famous bloggers a decade ago were influencing his by him. information yeah. and making it more understandable to their audience. Because mm-hmm. he's he's a kind of a you have to be pretty intelligent, I think, to to get a lot of his stuff. Yeah, and he makes moves that aren't always fair, and I don't agree with anything said, but he's a very interesting thinker. Uh, so yeah, that that was just one of the many things. And he goes into, uh, I, I don't know that I can yet summarize it, but I'll, I'll have to do a closer reading to see if I get it. A lot of the book is about why cuckold porn is becoming so popular. And like the traditional explanation is that men who are feel inferior find a way to do, you know, this This matches their, their feeling of inferiority. And his explanation of it, which I'm going to butcher right here, is something like it allows them to get off the hook for satisfying the woman they married <laughs> or something like that, um, which is like, oh, you wouldn't like me anyway, therefore I'm not going to try, like type of uh, status, type, like he, that, that that is at the core of what, drives it and behind the i'm not going to try to satisfy you is resentment for the ways in which your life hasn't turned out the way that you wish it might have or wanted to so there are times when i read the book and i can see myself in it but there's other times when he's like the person he's describing is like you know hasn't approached a woman and like hasn't built anything and is an employee who just gets and i'm like this just factually is not i i don't relate to some of this Mm -hmm. so uh, he does. He does have some pretty negative assumptions about his readers, and yeah. I don't mean just that. It's the uh, the motivations. I do think that he's missing. Like, I don't know, man. I actually think deep, deep down, 
there's goodness and uh behind it's like the hurt thing is what makes people do bad things not some inner malevolence that is being masked in goodness so so yeah so i spoke to this guy he's done our character designs and it made me sad because he told me what's going on with the russian people and i think we in america have kind of been cheering for these sanctions and hit them where it hurts and there's a lot to be said here and before i go it's like obviously what's going on in Ukraine, if you're a Ukrainian citizen, is fucking terrible, and you're being uh, chased out of your home, potentially bombed and killed, your loved ones can be hurt. That that all has nothing, uh, is independent of what I'm about to say, which is that his, what he described to me, I was like, how are things over there? He said, equipment, I don't know specifically what he's referring to, is two to three times more expensive. There's a line around the block for people to go to McDonald's just because it was the last day. I can't accept any payments for my work. I'm a freelancer. I don't know what I'm going to do to make money. That's because uh, Visa and MasterCard pulled out? V- dude, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal. I'm like having, I'm trying to get like, finish the work that we started and he's like do you have crypto can you set this up i'm like i do oh guess what we're not on the same network on this thing so i don't even know if i i'm sure there's a way that somebody more technologically advanced can but like my basic crypto shit ain't enough <laughs> to do it so i would have to take further steps to figure yep. out how to how to transfer him money um what is his view of the war does he think that it's good he bad? says that and this is just one guy's opinion that the older generation is zombified and believes everything that putin says and that the younger generation is is pretty against it, mm. and as is he, and he doesn't want uh, doesn't want it. But it's just behind these words of sanctions is the fact that you can't directly hurt Vladimir Putin. You can only indirectly hurt him by directly harming the livelihoods of the citizens who maybe revolt and uprise. But like. He's not worried about where he's going to get his next meal or stressed about. Yeah, he wasn't going to yeah. eat at that McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't going to that McDonald's. If he wants McDonald's, he's got it. Don't sweat it. Um, similarly, and I don't know, like, I do worry that the word oligarch, and I don't know any of the background, but what I'm seeing in U.S. sentiment is that if you label something an oligarch, nobody will have an issue with you seizing their property. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that there are oligarchs that are closely connected to Putin, you can, or let's just call them people, that when you take something from them, indirectly but fairly strongly puts pressure on him to do or stop or something. Uh, or I think that the, I think that the logic is Putin does not, cannot stand isolated. Mm-hmm. And so if he does have billionaire allies that help him mm-hmm. maintain control of the media, maintain control of the citizens, and they turn against him, mm-hmm. he will be taken care of. He'll sure. no longer be the leader. So and I think that's the logic behind going after powerful people next to Putin. And so there may be uh, justifiable uh, examples of, you know, we, t- we took this guy's yacht, we took this guy's home, we did this, that, and the other thing. But I'm seeing what which happened with terrorist is if you're labeled a terrorist, you can be killed indiscriminately and people in America will not as- ask questions. Yeah, yeah. If you're labeled an oligarch, your property can be seized indiscriminately and people in America will not ask questions. Yeah, so yeah. just be careful of that word is that it is uh, clearly been found to stop Americans from asking questions. And it's the same exact problem with terrorist is who's a terrorist? Whoever the fuck we need to be a terrorist. Yeah. Some people potentially deserving of the consequences that, that come with that. And I'm sure plenty that do not. Yeah, no, I mean, that's something I've seen is there's a lot... There's a lot of rallying cries against 
Russia and Russian the Russian people. And I, I see in the U.S. at least a lot of people who are saying that the Russian people have to take responsibility for the actions of their government and go violently overthrow Putin mm-hmm. if they, well, not if they, because of the actions that are occurring in the Ukraine. And you got to call it Ukraine. What did I say? The. Oh, sure. Uh, my thought is that's a very weird stance to have as a U.S. citizen because our government does a bunch of horrible shit all the time that people don't take responsibility for. They don't try to stop, really. <laughs> they, don't, they just live their lives. But then there's a lot of, oh, those other people that are far away that aren't me are completely responsible for what their government did. And they're bad people if they're not uh-huh. doing everything in their power to violently overthrow Putin. It's like, oh, I don't remember you guys doing this when we were the ones killing civilians. Yeah. So it just seems weird to, like, I get hating Putin. I get hating the war. It seems weird to hate the Russian people. Have you seen a lot of that? Yeah, on, like, TikTok and Instagram and shit. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I mean, who knows what, what is representative on social media, and I'm not really active, so I don't know. But I just see a lot of othering, a lot of, like, we're better than mm. the Russian people. And it kind of reminds me of that Jordan Peterson thing that says if you can't, if you can't point to in your own life the ways in which you are disad- disadvantaging yourself or putting yourself at risk to do something ethical that's countercultural, you would just be a Nazi in Nazi Germany mm-hmm. because you're just doing whatever. You're just going along with the flow. Yeah, yeah. And if, that's, you're, if you're not in, in uh, if it's not a s- serious part of your life, and I don't mean what you post on social media, but like actual sacrifice and uh, genuine cost at, at cost to you. Yeah, what evidence that you would hided you in your attic to or pretend, like go or be in Russia yeah at risking arrest advocating for the stop of the war or plotting some great overthrow of Putin that you think Bro, that they is, should be doing it is crazy that I mean the people that do that I don't know what happens with Russian arrests I mean maybe they have a better I don't idea think it's than good. I do but I don't think it's good I don't know so a woman went on to I saw yeah and she she was on the news she was in uh in pretty high up in the yeah. news she made a stand to, to stop the war, got arrested, got a, released, which I was really impressed by. I was like, oh, wow, she got released from prison. And then her lawyer said she's gone missing. I was like, oh, oh, no way. So I don't know. I mean, dude, I'm just reading the news yeah, yeah. We'll in see. the we'll U.S. See we'll Who see knows? Maybe unfolds. she's not missing. Maybe she's missing. Jack Maul went missing for a while and then showed up again. It's not to say. I don't know. But She it could just, learn her lesson is what you're saying. I'm <laughs> just saying I had here, go to camp. here was my arc for that. Wow, I can't believe she got released from prison. That's wild. Oh, shit, she's missing. This yeah. is bad. And I don't know. Maybe who knows? Maybe I got fake news. Cool. Tough what, to know what's what going do you, on. What have you got? Well, speaking of how great our government is, did you see that the CIA released a report about torture? No. Well, it turns out that we were torturing some people. <laughs> we don't really have to go into it, but basically, we were we were torturing people in the Middle East, and declassified documents are confirming it. And sometimes it wasn't even to get information; it was just to train people and how to do torture so they was would take detainees to clarify sorry maybe you're gonna say was this abu Ghraib style torture which was uh squint your eyes not the kind of torture that we're used to seeing or uh well it depends what you define torture as it was called enhanced interrogations walling where you take i don't really understand it but you basically just take a towel and you wrap it around someone's neck and you put them up against a plywood wall like a like a wooden wall and then you just smack their head into it so the guy, I mean, the guy's on trial now. He got detained in 2008. His trial hasn't happened yet. He has, like, medically, they're pr- pretty obvious brain damage. And he's, they're on record saying that he was used to train other people 
in how to do this. So they weren't, they were trying to get information from him because his uncle was one of the masterminds for 9-11. But I don't know how, it didn't say how involved he was. It's just, they just thought he had information because his, his uncle was there. And he, yeah, I mean, they basically just lined him up and they had everybody learn the technique on him. Interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, so be, be, don't, don't necessarily confuse citizens with their government. <laughs> what, well, what's fascinating is that there's clearly an understanding in the organization that if you do things that people are familiar with, like torture as it was done in the middle ages, you know, where you like draw and quarter people or yank them or put them in anything that is resembling of the torture that you would see in fantasy era fiction, like Theon Greyjoy type stuff, mm-hmm. flaying, flaying or cutting skin off or removing digits, that kind of stuff. Um, that is going to be get you in deep shit because that codes as torture. But if you wall somebody or uh, play loud music all the time waterboard or waterboard them. them, that is, and, and I think the mechanism is, it's not immediately understood. When you describe to someone, you're like, so you put a towel over their head and you, you put water on the towel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, uh, sounds fine to me. That it, yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't create a visceral reaction, which is all that has to happen. Just a little bit of like confusion. And that's not to say that. Like, I actually disagree. Do you think anything would happen if this report came out and instead of walling this guy, they were flaying him? That they were slowly peeling skin from his fingers? He didn't die. His fingers are just mutilated. Um, I don't think they get in trouble at all. They get in trouble. I, I wonder if there wouldn't be more of a reaction. Now, granted, not Sorry, let today me rephrase. in this sense. I don't think the U.S. citizens would go to the streets change who they vote for, hold massive rallies to defund that arm of the military. Like the person who did it might get in trouble from their higher-ups, but I don't think you'd see any anybody really trying to prevent it from happening in the future. Yeah, I think there's... And I don't want to say anybody, but any, anything that would amass uh, mass not, movement. I, yeah, I would. I, my guess is that it wouldn't pass a threshold to, to motivate change, but I, if there's on the one side of a spectrum behaviors and secrecy that is just people just tolerate. On the other hand, there's the George Floyd video, which motivates massive change. I think that... Don't they have videos from... Abu Ghraib? They have, like, photos that I've seen. I don't know if they have videos as well. Sure, they have photos. Yeah. Didn't motivate anybody, like George Floyd. Yeah. Well, they were... They were. Um, yeah, some of, them are, some of them are viscerally, immediately understandable, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I guess there's also a, a, a huge sense of, like... Who gives a crap in America? And I'm not saying this is appropriate. What happens over there to those people? Those are bad guys. I also don't think that America is particularly bad. I think this is true of any powerful government. I think every powerful government is doing shitty things that their yeah, yeah. citizens don't feel guilty about or support or want to have to take ethical credit for. Mm-hmm. That's well, that's just how I think the world is operating. So that's my only thing is I think that the we're not holding ourselves to the same standard that we're claiming other people should. And I think that's just happening in every country that's powerful. Okay. Sorry. Natalie texted me. <laughs> we, we broke a monitor today, so we got it. It's an emergency D&D emergency situation. Emergency D&D situation. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. Uh, that's my only takeaway. It's like, I just, it's just a very common thing to expect other people to be better <laughs> than we are and get mad when they aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Universal, I would say. Yeah. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. 
Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What else? You want to talk about our friend's Airbnb scam? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, go ahead. <laughs> so, I'm talking to him the other night. So good. He's like, dude, I'm negotiating God. <laughs> you say I'm negotiating <laughs> no, no, God? No, I'm, I'm exaggerating for the story. <laughs> but he was telling me how great he is at negotiating. I, yeah, I know he was hyped at himself. He, he, was thought he was hyped. He's like, I've had three killer negotiations this week. Two for my friends, one for me. It's for my new place which I've got on Airbnb. Well, he didn't, I mean, I'm fucking up the order of the story already. But essentially, he's been trying to get a new place. It was $9,000 a month ask, and he got him down to 6,500. I was like, 60, bro, it's how big, in God's name? That's, a, that's two-thirds. For rent? Like, this isn't like you're walking around the Grand Bazaar and you're negotiating somebody down a third. Like, this is insane. Oh, yeah, my big negotiation for rent would have been to get $100 a month off. So to get, to get yeah. $2,500 off is... Wild. Yeah, crazy, crazy. I was like, how did you do, how long was this place on the market? He's like, I don't know, not long, a day. I was like, what? Like, wouldn't they want to show? He's like, I just got it, dude. <laughs> so he told me his whole strategy. But then at the end of it, I started getting more information about the place. He's like, actually, it was an Airbnb. And one of the things I was able to give him was he didn't have any reviews. So I was like, I'll write you your first good review. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. He's like, and also like, you know, if I go off platform, I don't have to pay the Airbnb fee. <laughs> So it's like 12% cheaper or something. It's great. Oh, so you went off platform. He's like, yeah, and I paid in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately we're like, uh, are you sure that this place is real? Like multiple, I, I've experienced this. And so he kind of caught on that night and we tried to be like, bright side of things this could be real this could be a great guy yeah. and you could have got a great deal he's like he sounded like he was from california he sounded like an american dude i was like great that's a good sign he's like and i suggested we go off platform i'm like cool he you know definitely you're safe so next day he's supposed to move in the next he's day supposed to move in checks this guy's profile after he's not fucking responding to him looks at his image and his image has changed from a friendly californian dude to the Tinder swindler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's fucking Leviev, Simon Leviev, or Simon Yehut. And it was just, oh my God, what a troll. Yeah. So he went to the police station apparently and the cops were just cracking up when he showed up because he was in the police station when he went to see. He's like, this is the, oh God. This is the guy. <laughs> this, is the, this is the guy. <laughs> the Tinder swindler? Yeah. So the moral of the story is there's a reason that these platforms charge fees yeah. and keep you on platform. That's oh. what I took away from that. And also, this is a big thing with crypto is uh, people are like, oh, we got to go decentralized. We got to go decentralized. Like, man, we, we've we had decentralized. Like, just to be clear, cash. The, the world started decentralized. There's no governments. There's no rules. There's no- If you paid for everything in cash. This idea, and, and there was a guy on Tim Ferriss, I forget his name, that talks about it, but there's this tension of like, um, the decentralized thing is like, be sovereign. Take responsibility for your finances, your water, your- your self, your protection, your, all of that stuff. And while that sounds really nice, I feel like I've grown too accustomed to these centralized, oh, somebody stole my identity. It's okay. Like American Express says, 
Yeah, yeah. If we, you pay, we if got you you. paid for that on Airbnb, Airbnb yeah. would have refunded him the money. And yeah. if Airbnb didn't, but he had paid with a credit card, his credit card would have refunded him the money. Mm-hmm. So there were two organizations in place ready to forgive him for being silly and falling for a scam yeah, yeah. and giving him all his money back. And by them. circumventing them, by going off platform with crypto. To take their percentages and by the, it's like, I don't want to pay, you know, a credit card fee or I don't want to pay. Yeah, why do Airbnb I have to pay this fee? credit card 3%? Yeah. Well, this is why, because yeah. one out of every 33 times. <laughs> well, and, and certainly they make a healthy profit, but uh, it protects you from from this kind of stuff. So there's, there's some, there's definitely a nice, there's pros and cons to decentralization, obviously. And I think a lot of people who have been scammed on crypto have been indoctrinated the hard way to what it looks like to have no recourse, Mm -hmm. no centralized, like, uh, referee to go, Oh no, that's illegal. (laughs) You're done. Well, they also, ah, man, I forget the exact details, but they also did, they did try an experiment of not centralizing roads and letting people privately own roads and everybody just instantly put up a gate and started charging tolls and it became untenable. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, all right, this isn't going to work. We can't do it this way. Yeah. Like I think that there is, well, there's always a move towards centralization, which is like how big is the centralization and how much of a, cause if you don't centralize it, some local person will form a co-op with his neighbor to maintain their road and charge money for it. And it's like, okay, now you have a centralized organization. Um, Yeah. There's, there's definitely that tendency. And I actually wonder if we're not, if the act, if the evolution, if you look at the big arc of human history, certainly as things have gotten better, it seems that it's tended towards increased centralization and increased power being held. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, at some point in the distant future, you'll ha- I think you'll have a global government. I think you'll just have one global government that runs everything. Cause that's the direction I just see things going. First you had tribes and then you had little countries and then the United States. And now, you know, Europe has kind of conglomerated a little bit in terms of how it's governed. And if you just shoot forward some amount of tens or hundreds or thousands of years, I think there's going to be a one global government just because that's the way it's trended throughout history. Yeah. And, and I think you can get there too fast, which is like, you know, should, should we have uh, joined all together? Oh, there's going to be starts and stops, but it does seem like as things get better, you just kick the organization up a higher level and you cooperate at higher and higher levels, mm-hmm. which requires coordination and centralization of power at yeah. a higher and higher level. I don't think that's anti-Web3 because I do think that Web3 isn't about not having big organizations. It's just about having everyone own the big organization. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So, so I don't, you could I, have a world think... government with a world token and people would, through their decisions with that token be able to more directly, it's almost like a more direct democracy. Yes. It's so for instance, we talk about YouTube, the web three version of YouTube, isn't that everybody has their own server and their own stream. And they only look at videos that they've uploaded. (laughs) It's a giant service that looks exactly like YouTube, except it has more stuff that gets kicked down to the users to vote for what happens. So you still will have a CEO running the company, but they'll have frequent decisions kicked to everyone who holds tokens and you'll get a certain amount of votes for the certain amount of tokens you have that will then inform what the CEO is meant to do. Does that make sense? But you're still going to have somebody who's in charge of doing everything. Like the company itself is going to look exactly like the company YouTube. It's going to have employees that work there full time. It's not going to be up to the token holders to do what YouTube employees currently do. Mm -hmm. They'll still I mean, have I, employees. Makes sense. I'll take your word for it. I have no idea what Web3 is going to look like. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. 
yeah, I think it's highly unlikely that it evolves to be where you are an employee only at where you own tokens, and also you're an employee everywhere you own tokens. And so, therefore, if you have stock, certainly YouTube, I'm ill-equipped to be YouTube an and Facebook. Suddenly, <laughs> yeah. you have to do the UX for you know seven different tech companies. That's just not how it's going to go. So, I think that decentralized isn't the same as libertarian, no big organizations type thing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Anything else you've got? I had one more thing, actually. It was shout out to all the people still donating to Charity Water. Hmm. So uh, we don't, we closed our last big fundraise at the end of the year, but I checked and we still raised $600 in the last two weeks, which is awesome. People are still going in there donating sometimes a dollar, sometimes $300. Hmm. And so, yeah, we're at 1.01 million lifetime impact so far. 28,000 people have access to clean water now. So I just wanted to shout out if you're, you're one of the people who's been donating, even though we haven't run an active fundraiser, that's awesome. <coughs> We'll get another one up soon. I think right now it wouldn't do well because the world's attention is on Ukraine. That's okay. Totally cool. People suffer all over the world. I think we're likely to continue with Charity Water or something like that uh, just because it's a consistent problem that has a relatively low dollar cost to make a tremendous mm -hmm. impact. Yeah, I mean, the, the reasons that we chose it are one, m massive impact per dollar, and two, for me at least, I sympathize most with people where their situation is totally out of their control and affects them from a young age, like kids that can't get clean water. That just gets my heartstrings that you don't get to go to school and therefore don't get to become a scientist or an astronaut or whatever, because you're, you're just too busy trying to desperately get water. That's just sounds horrible. And so I think being able to solve that is pretty awesome. So if you do want to donate charitywater.org slash charisma, it's still up, even though we're not doing an active fundraise and, uh, you know, any amount of money really changes people's lives. So, and that's it for this week. Sick. What do oh, we got for questions? questions? Nice. First one is, I have a question about Tony Robbins. You guys seem to think very highly of him, but when I watched his Netflix documentary, he struck me as a showboating narcissist who didn't really help many people, just gave the impression he was, rallying support around him from the crowd like a cult leader. He came across as really untrustworthy, and I had an instinctual feeling that he was a fraud. I know he has helped so many people, but as you guys are so well-versed in charisma, I'm sure it can be used as a tool for manipulation and profit. I'd love for you guys to discuss this, and as a second part to this question, as teachers of charisma, knowing that it can be used for both good and bad, where do you stand morally on the issue? With great charisma, surely comes great responsibility. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with everything you said. The one thing I disagree with was doesn't, doesn't actually help people. My impression, which could be wrong, is that the people he does interventions with are helped. And I've personally been helped by his program, Personal Power. Personal Power too, I think. So I think his information is good. I think that if you haven't ever heard of his stuff, going to his event will be very helpful. I think you can get the same info for cheaper from his books and programs. But I do think that he helps people. Now, is he a narcissist? I don't know. Is he a cult leader? I don't know. Does he, you know, I mean, I don't know a lot about him as a person having never met him individually. So that's the only part that I'd say. Yeah, I do, I do think he does help people. Yes, I think this is not exactly your question. When you're talking about any sort of information, change your life stuff, the success rate is going to be very low. So if you ask what percentage of people who go to his programs, if you checked in in 6 to 12 months, will have made a consistent change as verified by an independent third party, it might be like 5% or 3%. But Can I chime in? I think if you did that for the people he works with individually in the interventions, higher. it'd be much higher, yeah, yeah. which might, is, I think this person was saying sure. that in the documentary, it didn't seem like 
Tony was really helping. It seemed like he was just rallying the crowd around him to give the impression that he was helping. The documentary, there was a woman in particular that he used strong language with that people came out in her defense, white knighting for her. And she came out and said, that intervention changed my life. I needed that strong message. There was a method to his madness. I wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. It was very impactful. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's the particular intervention this person saw that and they didn't like, but there was one people really didn't like where he uses strong adult language and everyone's like, he shouldn't have done that. And she came out and said, stop, stop yeah. pretending you're me and standing up for me. I'm me and I'm so grateful for Tony. Yeah. So I think his change when he talks to you one-on-one is well, that, pretty that, strong. I don't think was actually in, you know, that you're, I'm remembering that was not in, I'm not your guru. That was a f- cell phone recording. Actually, there was, no, yeah. I thought it was the woman who was in the sex cult. I think that the one that people had an issue with was not that. Oh really? Was, yeah. It was like a cell phone footage from a different thing, but same, well, whatever it was, she came out and she basically said, don't, don't white knight for me. I don't yeah. have any problem with how he did this. Mm-hmm. So I think, I do think his change rate for people he talks to one-on-one is very, very high, but it's only five people out of the 9,000 that attend the event or whatever the numbers yeah. are. Or, so I think, but so to, to, to complete what I was saying, if the number is three or 5%, I still think that's 10 or a hundred times higher than not going to Tony Robbins. Like it increases your odds of making a dramatically positive change in your life by 10 to a hundred times, which still puts it in a very low mm-hmm percentage overall in terms of the people that he interacts with i totally agree that it very likely has a much longer lasting impact he is uh psychologically doing incredible shit behind the scenes in terms of rejiggering your motives how you perceive the world how you perceive yourself and he is doing it at an incredibly high level super fucking fast and that is the type of shit that does make long lasting change um he is a savant at it. He's truly a genius when it comes to one-on-one and even group persuasion. Yeah. In terms of what he's like as a person, I think no one knows but his wife. He has a very well-groomed public image. He pre-screens interview questions ahead of time. If you watch him for long enough, he tells the same stories with the exact same delivery, with the same word choice and the same pauses. So I don't think we've seen an improvised Tony Robbins in decades. So to, to the character questions about, is he a narcissist? Is he... I legitimately think only his wife and the top five closest friends know mm-hmm. who he's actually like because the rest of us are seeing a performance, I would say. Yeah, yeah, he's very, uh, that's that my, my biggest gripe with him, and this isn't like, it doesn't make him a bad guy, is that I want more, I'll say spontaneity, improvisation, and I connect that to a degree with authenticity because I know when I feel like I'm just, what is charisma? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. And then I tell the same fucking story. It's like that to me, as I do, that doesn't feel authentic. Like I'm different today than I was three years ago or a year ago. And when all the stories and all the become uh, a routine, there's something that is lost. Well, you could even mash them up. I mean, you could take 10 interviews and just show a story and you wouldn't miss a beat because the delivery is almost identical. It is like performing a play. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, but anyway, that's not, that's not your criticism. My other criticism of Tony is that uh, Money Master the Game, you know, 700 page one, his books are way too fucking long. Um, they do not need to be that long. Two, they are, they give you advice that he didn't use, <laughs> which is like, invest in this fund that doesn't take fees. It's like, Tony, that's not how people master the money game. They, yeah, yeah. They found businesses. Yeah, I did think that was funny. It's they like, don't, they the don't. The trick is to find a low fee per- ETF. Tony, this is, you're worth $500 million. It's because you founded a business, then founded a second business, then Angel invested in six businesses. Yeah. 
You didn't, it, it wasn't from low fee ETFs. That's not where your 500 million came from. Yes. And I go like, this is maybe good advice, but like also you haven't really lived this advice. I think what he's trying to do is put together a book for the average person. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, if you were to say it honestly, it's, it's Tony's advice for who he thinks the average person is to have, you know, slightly above average financial experience. Mm-hmm. It's not his, certainly not mastering the game of money. It's like, not how he did it. Yeah. Yes. You're not just at no point does he in that book. I mean, and I went through it. Maybe I missed. I was looking at some point. I did quit. I'll admit it. Uh, I was looking for change your top line income stream at some point in the book, which is like the number one thing that uh, changed my life when I started to realize is that, look, you can work as a consultant and your first year I made 60 and then you made 63 and then you made 67 and then you, and you invest it well. And, you invest and so then well you, and you, you can get do that. 20 grand becomes 25 or you can go from 60 to 30 cause you run your own business then to 50 and then to 75. Yeah, I and mean, then all, to the, all the richest people are, they're largely founders. They got control over their top line thing. And then they went for the spending and the the investment. Those are two very different things. So any sort of like wealth building or mastering money that doesn't talk for a long time about how to bring in more is really missing it, <laughs> I think. So yeah, so that those are my criticisms. As I don't know as a person, and the one last thing that I'll say within um, that particular documentary is that there's a scene with a woman where he gets her to break up with her boyfriend uh apparently checked in later they got back together they decided they should i do think that tony can be very yang energy at those events which is like change your life now do it and what he doesn't account for is that people will leave the event there will be backlash and sometimes massive change which is like his thing uh is not the best because it creates a backlash. Um, and maybe th- maybe they should have stayed broken up. Yeah, yeah, but that's not what happened. She didn't have Tony Robbins. Oh, I see it. what you're saying. I thought you were saying the breakup was a bad idea. No, 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 no. She didn't have Tony Robbins forever. And I'm saying when you put somebody under that amount of pressure to get on a phone and put their fucking person on speaker, that's fucked up, man. Mm. I actually watched that. I was like, that is fucked up to put her in that amount of pressure and then have her publicly do it. You shouldn't fucking do that. It should be go into the back and take it in a private room and have a private conversation with your boyfriend of several fucking years. Throw it on speaker for these 6,000 people. That's disgusting. And I don't think he should have encouraged it or allowed it, and I hope he doesn't do it again. I feel very strongly that, like, what disrespect to that guy? You know, like, do you not give a shit about him? He's sitting there getting dumped in front of 6,000 people. Like, this is the way to do it? I I thought that was, uh, that was fucked. So yeah, there was but this, but overall, I mean, you've asked for criticisms. I, I like it. I like him. I like a lot of what he does, and I think it's uh, very good. That's me talking like Trump. It's a very bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the second part, with great charisma comes great responsibility. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, same with money, money, physical strength, mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, anything. Any I don't positive attribute really, you have a lot of. Is there anything that can't be used for harm that is powerful? No, 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 exactly. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, look, if you're beautiful, charismatic, wealthy, strong, or athletic, yeah. anytime you are like way Powerful. past the average yeah. in terms of having one of these things, it can be abused. And, and so what would I say? Don't do that. But I don't know that, I don't know that that's helpful. 
Uh, well, it's like morality and power operate on different axes. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, this thing is really powerful. This, it's like, every, you know, that's that's just independent of whether or not it's good or bad. This hammer can bash somebody's head and it can put yeah. a nail into I thought, a I, I think that's always an interesting, for instance, we'll make a video about how to tell if someone's a sociopath. And now mm -hmm. some people in the comments go, wow, this is so helpful because now I know what to look for so I can protect myself if I don't want to date a sociopath. And other people go, thanks, now I know how to hide my sociopathy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess this is the dual, I don't know, you can't present this information without making both of these possible. Yeah. Cool. Good question, I appreciate it. One more. Um, so the last episode, I ended up going with the Jinx and Vi in the, the thumbnail. Somebody wrote in that arcane clickbait. Speaking of Arcane, did the two of you watch it? I feel like you had to have as league players, but I'm surprised that I've not heard anything about the show from you two. Have we not talked about it? I think we only, we might have met, mentioned it briefly, but I think we mostly talked about it on Patreon. Oh, because so, we've gone deep about this on Patreon. Yeah. I feel like we talked a lot about story. And yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. It was on Patreon. Yeah, so Justin, you got to join our Patreon. Are, are we ever going to speak to that guy? Are we trying to get a showrunner to come on the show? It's been challenging. Yeah, uh, he replied to my first email and said it sounded interesting and then um apologized for getting back to me so late yeah and it's then, been like slow communication it's yeah and then like. i wrote back and said we're definitely still interested um and then set some dates potentially and, and then just never heard back dude let's get ben on there let's get me on there let's send him a voice note. i would love to talk yeah. to this guy i'm so i think i think he's just one of the guys person. that put together the show yes which is um we're trying to get him on as a guest I definitely watched Arcane. I thought it was fantastic for a number of reasons. I thought that the effort put into every shot, meaning like the direction, even just in that first scene where they're they're on the roof and they decided to show the feet of the the four characters in the little gang as opposed to just, you know, a wide shot. I was like, oh my God, every single shot is well thought out. Um, episode three, fucking amazing. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> and then uh, it's set up a entire cinematic universe that is going to be that I'm excited for. And I thought it, um, it's great. It's a really good story. Yeah. After that, Charlie, Charlie was already playing League of legends. I was already playing League of legends too. But after that show, you went and tried to figure out how to invest in them. Cause you just went, there's going to be based on these characters in the lore, there's going to be another TV series, oh, yeah. movies. There's going to be all sorts of shit. This is like the it's only NFT I want to buy is like, yeah. look, riot. If I can get in now on what you're about to do, you are going to be more valuable in 10 years. Yeah, the only problem is it's a, apparently it's owned by a Chinese company, It's owned by Tencent, right? yeah. So. And which Tencent has everything else in it, and I've tried to avoid investing in Chinese companies um, just because I, not even for self-preservation, just as like, do I really want to support the, the backbone of the CCP? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm sure I do with my purchases, but that that's where I draw my line. So, yeah, I'd love to invest in them. They're fucking awesome. They did a great job. It's awesome. And hopefully we'll get to talk to one of the showrunners. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. Very right, good. What are we talking about on Patreon today? Uh, we're going to talk about being a business mentor without creating your own competitors. Um, how to be charismatic without making your goal necessarily people-pleasing. And then dealing with depression regarding body image. Amongst many other things. We didn't even say it at the time before, but we obviously talked about Arcane at great length. So <laughs> there's a lot of questions. We're answering them all. If you guys want to support the podcast, it really does help. It's our primary source of income. Uh, all of it goes to Justin. If that changes, we'll keep you posted. But for now, all to Justin. And we hope that you, if you like this, I think you'll like that as well. So, How many questions are we answering today, Justin? Um, we have about, I think, 14. 14. 14. Okay. So it's, that's a about average. Um, and it's it takes quite some time to get through them. So if you guys like this and you want more, check out Patreon. Any dollar amount gets you access to it. 
So thank you to those of you who've watched. Thank you to our patrons. We'll see you guys on Patreon. Peace.